This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Let's pray together, and then we're going to get into what I want to share with you this evening. Hallelujah. Father, we love you tonight. Oh, Father, we're so grateful for your eternal word. We thank you for each and every promise that you have made to us, your children, Father. And God, I thank you that each and every day we have the privilege and the possibility or potential, Father God, to begin, or not to begin, but to continue to grow in our relationship with you and the foundation of faith that you've built underneath each and every one of us. So tonight, Father, for these few moments, I just thank you, Father, for utterance in the Holy Ghost. I thank you for causing your word to come alive within our hearts. I thank you, Lord, for even granting things that have been questions in people's hearts to be made known this evening by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And so we just thank you, Father God, for your divine grace as we gather here tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Praise God. Let's begin with this verse of Scripture in John chapter 1 and verse 14. Notice it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Does anybody know who that might be? Huh? Is that Jesus? Yeah, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, of course, you know, um, the Apostle John is writing here from his own experience, and that which he had seen, you know, during the earthly ministry of Jesus And uh, when he was penning uh, this gospel of John, he said in these verses here that the word was made flesh and that it dwelt among us. And we, the disciples and others of that day, beheld his glory. Hallelujah. And notice that it says in this context that he said that Jesus or the word was full of grace and truth. Aren't you glad for that? I'm so glad, praise God, that Jesus was full of grace. How many of you needed grace? I sure enough did. I'll tell you that much about it. And I needed the truth because I was someone, a person, you know, that was walking in darkness. I didn't know anything about the gospel, you know, and so it really put me at a disadvantage. But the thing is, is he said that grace and truth is what came from Jesus Christ. If you drop down in this other verse, verse 17, it says that the law was given by Moses, but again, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? So it wasn't the hard, harsh environment, you know, that the Old Testament people had, you know, thou shalt not, and if you do this, and if you don't do that, and so on and so forth. Thank God he put a new spirit on the inside of us as a result of the new birth so that we don't have to try to do it, but rather we are actually driven or motivated by the Spirit of God in us to do that which is right. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Y'all awake tonight? Come on now. You're going to have to help me here. Glory to God. Amen. But notice if you back up in this chapter, in verse 1, it says that in the beginning was the Word. Now we know the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, but John writes and says that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with, with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Now notice this. It says, in Him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That's kind of a sad story, isn't it? You know that light has come into the world, and yet people love darkness rather than light, and so they go crawling off into the weeds. Well, thank God some of us were smart enough to realize, hey, let's go to the light. Glory to God. Amen. Let's follow the light. And so in the, in the Word, or Jesus, there is life and there is light, or there's illumination. So when you and I got born again, the light turned on. How many of you, the light turned on? Okay, I've got to tell you, man, praise God, transformational change took place, and all of a sudden we're looking at things from a, condi- a completely different perspective. Hallelujah. And what a wonderful thing it was. Life changing because of light and life. 
And you know, Jesus came, as with many purposes, he came, praise God, to reveal the Father. He told Philip, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So he was the living Word, but he was manifested in the flesh. He again said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus was the will of God in action. Everything that you and I see him do, it was the will of God. He said, I can of my own self do nothing, but as I hear the Father, I do what he tells me to do. And I tell you what, he went around healing the sick, you know, causing the lame to walk, casted out devils, set the captive free, loosed bands of wickedness, praise God, changed people's lives. And guess what? He's doing the same thing today. I mean, if he can find faith someplace, I tell you, he'll show up. I said, if he can find faith in the heart of a person, he will be there. Glory to God. Because it brings glory when we have faith in him. Hallelujah. So during our Sunday services, we've been talking about knowing the Father or knowing our Heavenly Father. And and when I talk about it, you know, when you guys come on Wednesday night, you're the meat and potato people. You know, let's get down and let's get after it here, you know. Let's let's drill down and and, uh, dig deep. And so when I talk about knowing your Heavenly Father, I'm talking about really coming to know who He is. Not in a textbook kind of way, not an academic or intellectual. There are a lot of people who know God intellectually, but they don't know Him from Adam. You know what I'm saying? In other words, the reality of who He really is has not dawned on them because of lots of different reasons and things of that nature. But you're all here tonight, praise God, as born-again believers, children of God, where the Spirit of God is dwelling on the inside of you. And you know, when the Apostle Paul was writing in Philippians, his whole ambition, he said, I have discarded everything so that I can know him and the power of his resurrection. And you know, that's a process. You know, when I first got saved, I didn't know everything I know now. And I don't know really too much right now, but I'm, you know, I'm intended to know some more. Amen. As I walk with him. And so when, when we really come to know our heavenly father, who he really is, it's a game changer. And so again, let me emphasize what I mean by really coming to know. I, I'm talking about when you know him by revelation in your heart that he has revealed himself to you. Not academically, thank God for the academics, but that won't get it. How different our lives become as believers. I tell you what, you got a good life. You know, let me say that one more time because some of you weren't sure about that. I said you have a good life. Amen. Yeah, well, you don't live where I live or you don't know what's going on in my life. Well, uh, that might be true. But I'm telling you what, if you're a believer, your life is blessed. Are you listening to me? So how different our lives become when we come into the knowledge of the truth. You know, uh, the Bible says that God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And it talks about he wants everyone to come into the knowledge of the truth. And, uh, And you know that to be true, don't you? You know, I mean, again, you know, before we got saved, we didn't know about salvation as we now understand it. Amen? And we're all glad about that. And we didn't know about, you know, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And thank God for speaking with other tongues. We didn't know about that, but we're glad about it now. Amen? Yeah. Because the Bible says that we edify ourselves when we pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So the whole idea behind this message I'm sharing with you tonight And I realize that many of you have been walking with the Lord for many, many years, but the idea behind this is to build a stronger foundation upon uh, the the one that's already being built to know him more, you know, and to understand him in all of his fullness as much as is possible. So I'm obviously not talking about what religion says, you know, what uh, lifeless and empty Um, regard there is in a religious environment. And you know, when you've been uh, lost and you get found and then you go into a religious environment, you know, 
by definition, it's like this is just dead because there's no life in it. So I'm not talking about, you know, what religion says about God. Religion says a lot about God. You know, you'll hear them sometimes, you know, they get on TV and they'll try to wax eloquent and you're going, you know, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't know him. You know, they just know him intellectually. I'm not talking about man's ideas and what, what men say. You know, people say all kind of stuff. That, you know, people say, well, there is no God. Well, my Bible says a fool has said in his heart there is no God, so I probably don't want to listen to him. Huh? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about denominational doctrine and the traditions of men, you know, because I, I tell you what, you know, you get in for, uh, various different denominational preferences and they'll tell you things about the way of salvation. And unfortunately, sometimes in these contexts, the, their way of salvation is wrong. Why? Because it's not biblical. Because it's not built on the truth. It doesn't require repentance and surrender of your spirit, soul, and body to God so that you can be born of the Spirit of God and receive everlasting life. They'll say, oh, no, no, you don't need to do that. You know, you, you jump through a few of our hoops and you're good. Well, you know what? Some, there's a whole lot of folk that are going to be wildly surprised. Are you listening to me? Same thing about, you know, so, so the thing that I guess I'm trying to say in all of this is, is at the end of the day, your personal and final uh, satisfaction in terms of what it is that you believe and why you live the way you live is got to be based upon the authority of God's word. Because there's only, there's no other name under uh, heaven given among men whereby we can or must be saved except the name of Jesus. But there are religions all over the world that says, no, you don't need Jesus. You know, Baha'u'llah is the guy or Muhammad or the whatever. Well, none of these things can be further from the truth because none of them can, be, can bring about transformational change on the inside of a person. It's just more weight, more work, and more laws, you know, by which to, to live by. And I'm not trying to suggest that when you meet Jesus that, you, you know, all laws are out, I don't have to do anything. We know better than that, amen? Praise God. But yet, right on the other hand, I tell you what, thank God I don't have to live under the tyranny, not only of sin, but religious requirements. Glory to God, that we are free to worship him in spirit and in truth. But you know, again, a lot of folk don't have that understanding. You do. I'm preaching to you. I'm talking to you about it. You go, I got it, I got it, I got it. And it's awesome. Isn't that right? But yet there's greater depth to the relationship that God wants to have with us so that we can be used by him. Are you listening to me? You guys are treasure troves of understanding and knowledge about God. You've been in this church. I've been preaching to you. I tell you what, you, you, you have some, something that the rest of the world does not have. Now, the devil tells all kinds of folk, well, you don't have this, you don't have that, you're nobody, you can't speak, you can't do that. You know, all these things. Man, I'm telling you what, dude, tell people what you know. If it's nothing more than praise God, listen. You know, you can, you can wrestle this thing, pig, any way you want, but at the end of the day, this is what I know. I was lost. Now I'm found. I was blind. Now I see. Don't ever let the devil take that away. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Because, you know, you'll run into people all the time that, you know, they want to argue. You know, they get all fired up about, you know, what they think they know and all that. Don't waste your time. Jesus didn't. But if you can find someone whose heart the Lord has opened, then you could pour into that what it is that you know. And that's what God wants us to do. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So anyway, uh, it's so important. And, and we're talking about what the Bible, what Jesus said. You know, our text here said that uh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We have the words of Jesus in the Gospels. We have the testimony of those who ret, ret, wrote uh, the epistles, you know, and these are things that help us to understand who God is. And, he want, and here's the thing, you guys, God wants you to know. He wants you to know. He's not, you know, the Bible says, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. 
He wants you to know. He said, hey, seek and you'll find. You know, ask, it'll be given to you. Knock, God will open the door. You say, well, I've been asking and a knocking and a, and a seeking and I ain't getting it yet. Well, it's just because, praise God, you haven't asked the right question. Amen? Remember I told you about Brother Hagin when he was on his deathbed and he uh, got raised up after 16 months of being on it? And he, he, he made this story. He, he told this story. He said, now, Lord Jesus, if you were to stand in the flesh in my room, stand there right there by my bed and tell me, son, your problem is you don't believe. He, says, he said, sir, I'd have to just say respectfully, you're a liar because I do believe, you know. And, and the Lord spoke to him in that moment. And he said, you do believe as far as you know. And what the, the part that he didn't know, he laid there on that, on that deathbed for I don't know how many months after that, but finally got a revelation out of Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 4 that you have to first believe that you receive what it is you're asking God for, and then you will have it. And he was putting his believing out there in the future someplace or based upon the way he felt or the way his body was not functioning and so on and so forth, you know. And so finally he got a revelation. Everybody say revelation. Got a revelation of the word and it changed his life forever. The same spirit that told him you do believe as far as you know then said to him, he said, he said you believe you're well, don't you? He says, I sure do. And he says, well, why don't you get up then? Because well people ought to be up at 1030 in the morning. Huh? Well people ought to be up at 1030 in the morning. So, you know, he's paralyzed. I mean, if you looked at the natural circumstance in his situation, I mean, he couldn't. But he made the effort, and he did what he could. He was paralyzed from the waist down, and so he grabbed a hold of the bedpost, praise God, and he, he threw his body out of the bed, and he's hanging on this post. And he says, I just want to declare before God, the angels, the devil, and everybody else that I believe that I receive my healing. And at that moment, praise God, there was something like hot, warm honey that started to pile up on the top of his head. You know, like honey would, you know, pile up before it went down. And then all of a sudden it went down. He said it was so painful and excruciating as it was going down through him. But he said it felt so good because he, and, and pretty soon, you know, it went all the way down through his body and he was healed by the power of God in that moment. But here's my point to saying that. The, the, the manifestation of healing in his body came as a result of what he believed or discovered or the revelation that came to him through the word. See, the Bible says in Psalm 107.20 that the Lord sends his word and heals people. That is God's method. You know, if people are, are, are suffering from anxiety, if they're suffering from anger, if they're dealing with discouragement or despair or whatever, the way that God is going to minister to you, the way he's going to help you, is he is going to send his word to you. We could say he's going to send Jesus to you, but really the reality is he's going to send his promise or his word to you. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, a lot of times, for example, you know, just off the top of my head, but people, I mean, we live in a world that's filled with discouragement. People are bummed about everything and they're freaked out and they're afraid and they're all these things. You say, how can you have joy in this mess? Well, you know, praise God. The Bible says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. In other words, instead of allowing that to be the thing that controls your life, just decide, praise God, that you're going to rejoice in Him. Amen? The Apostle Paul was a great example. You talk about going through hell. This guy went through it. I mean, there were all kinds of things that gave him real opportunity to say, you know what? I don't like this. I'm done. I didn't sign up for this or what. But he didn't do that. At midnight, Paul and Silas were in stocks and bonds in a jail, and they began to sing praises unto God. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. But you know, that's exactly what they did. And guess what? They got delivered. It brought the power of God into that prison and turned their lives around forever. Well, I don't believe in that. Well, stay in prison. Stay in your stocks and bonds. Huh? I didn't, I, I didn't make the rules. 
But I can tell you this much about it, praise God. If you'll put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, come on. Yeah, and you have to do it with some intentionality. You know, when the Bible says, you know, when Jesus said, there's a new commandment I want to give to you that you love one another as I've loved you. Guess what? That's a decision. That's a choice. It's not a feeling. And people are always wanting the feeling, you know, and so they don't distinguish what really genuine biblical God kind of love is. But it's a choice. It's a decision that we make. Are you with me? Huh? You know, if, I, if we allow our feelings to dictate what it is that we're going to do, dude, I'll tell you, you'll fail every time. But as a matter of choice with intentionality, there are some people that are mean and vicious and ornery and ugly and all this and that and the other, you know, but praise God, you and I can still be the people who walk in love. He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Not if you can quote three quarters of the New Testament, you know, not if you know you got a, 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 a public li- or a private library with 49,000, you know, volumes or whatever. No, you'll, they'll know you by his love. Are you with me? And I'm telling you, sometimes that's not real easy to do. But I'm telling you, that's what he asks us to do. You think about all the uh, um, indictments and all of the things that were brought against Jesus the lies that were taught or that were spoken of uh, uh, regarding him, they were lies. You know, when they, when they got ready to crucify him, there were people that were coming in, they were saying all kinds of accusations, making all these statements, and none of them were true. I said none of them, you know. <clears throat> yeah, I tell you what, if you want to win, we need to do it God's way. It's so important especially in these last days. Hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. You know, Jesus was smart. He wants you to be smart. Don't stick your foot in a trap. We're not ignorant of his devices. He's got schemes. He's got wiles. He's got intentions to try to overthrow you. But if you don't play the game, then you can't lose. Huh? Are you with me? I'm trying to, I'm, I'm kind of getting off my subject here a little bit, but that's all right. Amen. Glory to God. The Bible says that you and I are to be wise as serpents and what? Harmless as doves. Amen. And that's not always, again, an easy thing to do. But praise God, you keep your wits about you and listen to Jesus and you'll be, you'll be doing just fine. So it's what Jesus says regarding God's will toward us. And, and the place, of course, that we discover those things is in, or the truths is in the word of God. And here's the thing about it, you guys. You've got to get hungry. It, it requires a genuine hunger. And I'm not talking about, God, I need to get bailed out, so yeah, I guess I'll do whatever it is you want me to do here. I'll read my Bible, you know. Can you, can you, can you, can you do something for me? That's not what I'm talking about. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with me. So I'm not coming in order to get I may have a need in my life, but what I need to do is I need to come to him because he loves me. Are you with me? And lay all of that aside and let him be the one that does the direct. Does this make any sense to you? Praise God. You know, and as we draw nigh to him, thank God he'll draw nigh to us. Amen. And that's the thing, you know, if your heart is hungry, you will find. It it will be open to you. You will receive. The people whose motives are not pure, they stay in the dark, and the thing remains a mystery. I mean, I don't have time to get into this, but I'm telling you what God did with the gospel and, and made it available to all those that believe, and the rest of them, they don't get it. I'm telling you, it is, it is, it is epic what it is that he's done in hiding these things from people who don't know him. You say, well, what's he hiding them for? Because they have to come to him on, uh, um, in the right terms. You get that, don't you? Yep. Amen? So if we're there, you know, with our heart toward him, guess what? He's going to pour it out, glory to God, and show you great mighty things that you know nothing about. And, and here's the thing, you guys, for now four plus decades you know, I've spent, I think, the majority of my ministry and my ministry life endeavoring to, to help people see 
the true character and the nature of God. That God is a good God. You with me? Because He is. But you know, a lot of folk don't have that knowledge. How many of you know what James chapter 1 and verse 16 says? Okay, everybody's, you know, the computers are running. I could just tell everybody just kind of left me and took off. What does that say? Well, look here, if you would, with me in James chapter uh, 1. Look at this with me. How many of you believe the Bible? Huh? You know, and, uh, how can I say this, you know? When, when we read this, I want you to read, listen to what it is that James, the writer of this book, is saying to us. Don't, don't just read it, well, yeah, I've read that before. No, I, I want you to listen to what it is that's being said. In other words, let's drill down into these verses of Scripture and let them get on the inside of us. I just had to buy a new garage door opener keypad because my one died and gave up the ghost and wouldn't work, basically. And so I, I tear the thing off. I put another one on. Well, now I got to program the doors to open. And so I, now listen, I did this. I got out the instructions. Okay, I'm reading them all down there. It's telling me what I'm supposed to do, you know, and how I can set my own code and this and that and the other. So I go through it and I go up there and I push the little learn button, you know, and I run down to where the pad is and I punch it, punch it all in. And guess what? Nothing. And so I thought, okay, well, I must have done something wrong. Let me try this again. So I push the button. I go down there, and I'm pounding, pounding around on the keypad, push the button, nothing. So I go back to the instructions. I read them again. And I'm thinking, yep, that's what I did. And so I go back, and I do it. Now, I know none of you ever get frustrated, but I'm thinking to myself, dear God, why can't things be simple? Huh? You know? So I did it again, and to this day, I still don't have my garage doors to work. <laughs> Hallelujah. Huh? Now they're brand new batteries. Yeah, that part's working. The light and everything, you know, and everybody's doing what they do. But here's the deal. Here's my point to that. It's just like I said, you know, you do believe as far as you know, but sometimes you've got to go back and read it again. Because obviously... There's something that I didn't get or understand or whatever the case might be. And guess what? I'm sure that when I do it the way that it tells me that I'm supposed to do it, it'll probably work. Are you with me? Same thing's true with the Word. I said the same thing's true with the Word. Oh, the same thing's true with the Word. Don't let some well-meaning person come along and say, well, you know, that's not what the Bible means anyway, or something of that nature to... Te- to, to to beat you out of the blessing of God. Hallelujah. Look into the Bible for yourself. Look at this verse of Scripture here in James chapter 1 and verse 16. You're familiar with the verse, but notice what it says. Again, carefully, notice what it says. Do not error. Is that 17? 16. What's 16? Wait a minute. Where am I at? 16. 1, 16. James 1 and 16. That's John 1, 16. James 1, 16. I'm sorry, Julia. I probably, you know, normally I give her a piece of paper and she knows all about it. Okay, so it's not her fault. Everybody say, it's not your fault, Julia. There you go. Here it is. Now notice these three words. Do not, what's that word? Do not err, my beloved brethren. Next verse. Every, now listen, he's saying this. Think about this with me. Think with me. What what are we doing here? We're meditating in the word together. Okay? Think about this. Do not make the mistake, brethren. Listen, listen, listen. You know, James is saying, come on, wake up. And listen to what I'm saying. Don't err here, brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from where? Above. Above. Huh? And comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no changing or variableness. Isn't that right? Huh? with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now notice what it goes on to say in 18. 
of his own will, of God's own will, he gave birth to us through or by the word of truth. You know, when Peter was writing, he says, we're begotten again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed. The word of God that lives and abides forever. So in this verse, he said it was God's plan and his will that you and I would be given birth to by the word of truth so that we could end up becoming the first fruits of his creatures. It was all God's idea for you to get saved. Huh? But the point I want to make in this, and you know this, I know you know it, you may know it um, academically, intellectually, you know, in that way, and hopefully you know it beyond that, but listen to me. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. What we learn from that is God only has good things. We learn from that that God is a good God. You read the Psalms, and the psalmist said, you know, that surely God is good. Now, why do I say that? Because in the world in which you and I live, there's a lot of bad things that happen, and God gets blamed for them. Huh? And we explain them away in lots of different ways, but nevertheless, he's the one, you know? And what ends up happening, especially when you get into the uh, uh, theologies of, of sovereignty and all of that, and, you know, God is in control. Ooh. Yeah, God's in control. I mean, he's already, <laughs> you know, he's declared the end from the beginning. I, I understand that. But we need to qualify what it is that we mean when we make that statement that God is in control. Because there is a lot of things that God is not, I, I submit to you, not in control of. Because he, and I wish that, I need to do some of this because I've had this kind of coming up on the inside of me about free moral agency. If Bill here wants to, he can get in, what kind of vehicle do you drive? It's a Hummer. A Hummer. Is that an H3 or a big one? A two. Is that a big one? Three? Well, it doesn't matter. Okay. If Bill wants to, when we finish and complete, say, Father, we thank you for this evening. It was wonderful. Glory to God. We love you. Amen. He can get in his Hummer, and he can go and run into every car in the parking lot. Now, did God make him do that? Was he, you know, God in control of Bill's stupidity? No. Bill chose to do that, didn't he? You know, you get the point? You know, and so it, it is a bit facetious to always say, well, you know, after all, God's in control and everything that happens happens because God designed it. There's a lot of things, you guys, that happen that God did not design. We just, I, I quoted the scripture earlier in 1 Timothy 2 and 4. It says that God isn't willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and receive everlasting life through the acknowledgement of the truth. Amen? But let me ask you a question. Is everybody going to be saved? No. Why? Because of choice. I share this often, but I was talking to my brother, preach, you know, I wasn't preaching to him, but I was sharing the gospel with him, and he said, well, you know, I just believe. Whenever you hear that phrase, get ready. He says, well, I just believe if God wants to save me, he'll save me. And if he don't, he won't. I, just, I guess I'm, I'm not one of them. I'm not one of the chosen, you know. So what he's done is he's left his eternal um, life up to fate. Huh? Huh? Isn't that right? Well, so I said, you know, and he didn't like it. I said, well, I just want to tell you, Bob, I love you, man, but uh, you're going to bust the gates of hell wide open. Mm -hmm. That went over great. <laughs> we left a little early that day. But anyway, <laughs> but it did get him to thinking, you know, and fortunately he ran into somebody that could help lead him to the Lord, and he got saved and turned on the Word. Got filled with the Holy Ghost here in our church one Sunday morning. We got, done, we got done with church. We went home. We were going to have a meal together. We get ready to pray and get ready. But he's nowhere to be found. 
I found him downstairs in my basement praying in other tongues. It was awesome. <laughs> what are you doing, Bob? You know, I'm, hey, come on, man. We're going to eat. You can do that later. <laughs> you know. And uh, so anyway, um, <clears throat> but uh, what was he talking about here? Choice. Choice, you know, and, and God and, and, and understanding some, some of these things where our life is concerned um, because, uh, because I tell you what, God is good. But you know what, you guys? I didn't know that as a teenager. I didn't know that God was good. I didn't have a clue. You know, God was, um, I don't even know how to describe it. He was, he was nowhere in my view, all right? I'd grown up in a mainline denominational church, but I didn't care for any of those things. I was looking for a way out. When I was 13 years old, my dad gave it to me. I took it, okay? So here I am growing up godless without God, you know, and, and really no blame to the, to the church. I mean, I, that's, that's not my point. For me personally, I didn't know him. I didn't know he was good, you know? I actually thought, you know, in a lot of ways... Uh, I, was, I knew I was bad. Did you know that sinners know in their heart of hearts that they got a problem? Yeah. Absolutely. I knew. So I, I figured he was the guy with a big gavel, you know, just waiting for something, you know, and my day is coming, baby, and bam, that's going to be it. But then I get saved, and I start reading these scriptures. It tells me that God is a good God, that he loves me, that he, he did so he loved me so much, he was willing to give me his one and only son so that I wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. I didn't know that, man. But I'm telling you what, when God showed that to me in my heart, man, changed my life forever. And yours as well, as I know. Hallelujah. So, and here's the thing, you know, you say, well, you know, we've heard this before, Pastor, you know, why are you rehearsing this again? And the reason I would say is, is because a lot of times people can mentally know these things that God is good, but when you get in the midst of a storm, you need to know on the inside of you, this is not God. Are you listening to me? God, how come? No, uh uh-uh. Listen, I'm telling you, if, if, if we start asking God how come, then we don't have the truth that God is good on the inside of us. Think about that with me for a minute. Huh? Because if you know that God is not the problem, that you know that God is on your side, you'd never make that, God, how come? Okay? You, you know... Are you with me? You tracking? You know, and and so so it's under it's 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 important for us to understand you know um, what we know on the inside of us because the thing about it is revelation on the inside. You say, well, how do you get that? Meditate on the word. Let the Holy Ghost make the word of God alive to you, and then praise God. Nobody can take it away from you because when you know things spiritually, when you know them on the inside of you, it gives shape and form to your behavior and to, and, and to the things that you say. And you say, well, I just can't, that can't be God because God loves me. Hallelujah. I'm not sure I understand what's going on here, but I tell you this much, he's on my side. He's for me. And if God be for me, what or who can be against me? And I mean, what it does is it, it just moves your life into a completely different dimension of glory and victory in Jesus. You know, we sing songs, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Well, yes, but praise God, he wants us to live in that victory. And the way we live in it is by knowing the truth so that the truth can make you free. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. I mean, there's times, you know, when Jonah and I, I mean, there's stuff we don't let come out of our mouth. You know, we're getting older. I didn't say we're old. I said we're getting older. And when you get older, your body has a tendency to want to say some things. Have any of you older people noticed that? Well, praise God. You know, when you have a... (laughs) When you have a temptation to say something, you better be careful about what you say. Huh? You know, if you can't do anything at all, just say, glory to God with long life will he satisfy me and show me his salvation. Amen? 
Thank God, you know, the Scripture says that, you know, if the same Spirit, listen to this, this will bless you, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, huh? He will quicken or make alive your mortal body by the Spirit of God that dwells on the inside of you. Amen. The Bible talks about Moses. I don't know how old he was when he died. Anybody know? hundred and some years old. And none, huh? he, none of his natural forces were abated. Abraham was 100 years old and gave birth. Well, he didn't give birth, but I mean, you know, he was part of the, part of the program. Sarah, she received strength to conceive seed because she judged him faithful who'd promised. Glory to God. But you know, that's not what you hear people talk about. Oh, my ache and this, my ache and that, and whatever this and whatever that. And I've got to make sure I got all my prescriptions and, you know, and blah, 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 blah. Well, I tell you what, praise God, let's have a good report. Faith always has a good report. Amen. I'm not in denial, but I'll tell you this much about it, baby. Praise God. We're going out with a bang, and it ain't going to be any time soon, lest Jesus comes. Are you with me? So, when, if, and it doesn't happen very often, but if something comes out of either one of our mouths that ain't quite biblical, uh, we jump all over the other guy. Huh? Huh? Yeah. All right. Whatever you think. Praise the Lord. But... Uh, <clears throat> Where were we? Okay, let me give you two things uh, to think about here that we need to understand. Um, woo! Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. Taste and see that the Lord is, say it again. Good. He's good. He's good. And the Bible says he's good to all. I mean, sinner and saint, I, listen to me. If it hadn't have been for the goodness of God, dude, you'd been in a mess. Most of us wouldn't even be alive anymore because of the goodness of God. So the psalmist said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I tell you what, you don't have anything to be bummed about. Are you listening to me? Turn to your neighbor and say, stop it. Yeah, stop being bummed. Huh? Glory to God. You know, you're playing a football game, and you know, you're you know, down to the end there, and you're trying to score, you know, so that you can win the football game and say it's tied to whatever, you know. Dude, when you've got all the players that are bigger than everybody else, and you've got runners and, and all of this kind of thing that far, 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 far out, out way and out uh, uh, gun the, the other team, dude, you got it. And that's the team you're on, Team Jesus. Come on, you know, so you can rejoice and be glad. Devil says, you're never going to make it. You say, dude, I've already made it. What are you talking about? What, what, <laughs> what stratosphere are you in? Glory to God. Everybody say it, the devil's a liar. You know, he, I mean, anything he can use, fear, discouragement, all of these things. That's why you guys listen to me. Praise is so powerful. Take time to worship and praise God. It'll bless you. Hallelujah. It'll help you. Amen. Take one of Marty Blackwelder's, you know, albums. If you don't get happy, I mean, you're probably ready to pass on. Come on. I tell you what, that guy is contagious. Glory to God forevermore. So if you're really having a, a challenge, that's the best thing you could do. But listen, again, let, listen to this. Listen. Listen, I want you to get this. God wants you to know exactly what the truth is about your life. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Isn't that right? He wants you to know. Hallelujah. So, so the premise from which we approach God is, is that he's on my side. He wants me to know. He's not, you know, you know, he's not hiding anything from us, praise God. L listen to this verse of Scripture in Colossians. Is it already 1 o'clock already? Is it already 8 o'clock? For crying out loud, dude, that's not fair. Anyway, listen to this Scripture. Can you put it up there, Julia? It's, first, or it's Colossians 1 verse 9. Look at this verse. How many of you believe the Bible? Come on now. Glory to God. Yeah. 
For this cause, the Apostle Paul is talking about having heard what, was, what had happened in Colossae, they'd received the gospel. Notice what it says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire. Now, are you ready? Paul is praying, he says, the way we're praying, our desire is that you may be, what's that next word? What, say it again. Filled. Say it one more time. Filled, Filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom. Now listen to this, and spiritual understanding. What's that? That's revelation. You say, how do you know? I don't know, but I just know. It's when heaven makes a deposit on the inside of you that you know God is good, that you know God is for you. You say again, how do I do that? Well, you get in the scriptures and you find out those scriptures that talk about that very thing. Amen? So when the devil says, well, God doesn't love you, if God really loved you, and how come this is happening and all that, tell him what the Bible says. That's what Jesus did, right? Huh? You say, yeah, but that takes effort. Yes, it does. Amen. When you go out onto a battlefield, I mean, this is a long time ago, long time ago, but I mean, when we went to, went to a court or went to a football field or whatever, we, we went out there to do battle. Why? So that we could lose? No. So we can win. Are you listening? God has made you a winner, and he wants you to win, but there's times when you got to do battle. And I remember, you know, when we're doing our practices, and they'd have all this power training and all this stuff, well, what it was is just run you till your tongue is hanging out and make you work until you can't hardly move. And then you'd get mad at the coach. Huh? But there was a reason for that. So that the conditioning could take place so that when we got to the fourth quarter and all the other team's tongues were hanging out, we were way past that, baby. We're ready to rock. Are you listening to me? Why? Because we're out to win. And it wasn't fun, but yet right on the other hand, it sure enough is fun to win. Huh? How many of you get a charge out of losing? Huh? I told you a story about this coach we had, football coach. In my first three years in football, we were 27 and 0, never lost a game. They didn't have the playoffs and all that, or we would have just, yeah, it'd have been awesome. But this coach, he was ornery. And before the game, he would get us all around. This was wild because we'd make this state, these statements. Let's see. Did we, did, we, did we make the statements and then pray? Or maybe we prayed and then made the statements. I don't remember. But this is what he'd say. Will we beat those dirty dogs? And we'd go, yes, we'll beat those dirty dogs. And he would say that a couple different times. And then he would say, will we beat the H out of those dirty dogs? And we said, yes, we'll beat the H out of these dirty dogs. And then after that, we would pray. <laughs> oh, Lord, please take care of us. May nobody on either team get injured, blah, 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 blah. Break. And away we go. Now, to make matters worse, at the end of the game, we would go back down into the end zone, and he would, he would lead the chant, did we beat those dirty dogs? Yes, we did. You know, back and forth a couple different times. Did we beat the H out of those dirty dogs? And we would say, yes, we did. You say, well, that's just not very Christian. Nope. <laughs> You're right. There's no question about that. But I will say this, that now you may not agree with the spirit of that whole thing. I'm not trying to, you know, solicit the idea that we should do this. But here's the thing. When you engage in something, you know, in the, in the field of battle, you're there to win. Now, this stuff that's going on, you know, in the minds of these uh, people right now, it's, it's crazy. Are you with me? But thank God that's not, you know, Jesus didn't, he didn't come into this earth barn, uh, uh, bound existence to say, yeah, I hope we can make this happen. I sure hope this works out. Huh? No, he knew the end from the beginning and he knew we're going to win. Isn't that right? And he put it all on the line and he gave his life as a ransom for all of us so that we could win. Everybody say it together. I'm a winner, not a loser. Because greater is he 
that's in me than he that's in this world. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't that good? Because I tell you what, he's on your side and we got to quit. It's 807. Glory to God. Why don't you stand with me? Hallelujah. God wants you to be filled with the knowledge of his will. So take time to get in the book and let the book get in you. I'll mention one more thing to you while you're standing here for just a moment. Um, you need to also know that God wants you to be strong. Huh? You know, in, when uh, Daniel was writing, he said, And such as do wickedly will he corrupt by flatteries, but the people that do know their God, listen, shall be strong. God wants you to be strong. Amen? You know, it says in do exploits, some translations say that they'll be strong and take action. You know, and I think sometimes in the Christian community, we're way too passive. You know, there are things that we need to do. Sometimes there's things that we must do. Are you listening to me? I mean, it's a silly illustration, but you know, on Sunday nights, I got to go take out the trash. Why? Because if I don't, guess what? Monday morning, they ain't going to take it. Why? Because I didn't take it out there. And guess what? I get to live with it for another week. How many of you know that ain't cool? So there's things you must do. Amen? Sometimes you got to say, I'm sorry. Sometimes you've got to say, please forgive me. Sometimes you've got to say, you know what? Praise God, I made a mistake. But we want to win, right? Huh? Y'all said you wanted to, so. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you for the truths that are found within your word. And God, I thank you that you're such a good heavenly father to us, and that no good thing you'll withhold from us because we walk uprightly, Father God. I know that it is your pleasure to give us your kingdom. It is with delight, Father. Hallelujah. So help us to be faithful. Father God, help us to understand your will, your plan, your purposes that you have for each and every one of us. Father, help us to arm ourselves with the armor of light. And Father, to walk in the light of the word of God and not play into the hand of the enemy, but Father, rather to give uh, action to what it is that you have told us to do. And so we thank you, Father, for your blessing in the house tonight. These, your precious people, Father, as they go their way, strengthen them with might by your spirit in their inner man. Father, I thank you for the charge of life that is within them, that in, emboldens and empowers them to be able to do the will of God, praise God, from their hearts and I just thank you, Father God, for helping them to overcome. I thank you for breakthrough. I thank you, Lord God, for your blessing to rest upon them strong in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Praise God. All right, you may be seated.